wondering about the exodus of the Hebrew nation from the slavery in Egypt. The book of Exodus breaks down unevenly into four sections. Chapters 1 and 4, they're in bondage. 5 through 15, they have confrontations and finally escape. Chapters 16 through 18 is the wanderings. And 19 through the end of the chapter, chapter 40, <clears throat> foundations of a nation and a government by Jehovah. From the beginning of Exodus to the end of Deuteronomy, God weaves three separate stories. First of all, there is the saga of deliverance of a nation. Beginning with 70 people, they have grown into an estimated population of approximately 3 million. It takes 40 years for them to arrive at the promised land, but we are told very little about their wanderings during those years. Secondly, while it is arguable, I would submit his statue is equal to that of Abraham. Moses is a giant, as he is a deliverer, a general, a lawgiver, a leader, and an intercessor for God's chosen people. Finally, he helps deliver the beginning of a theocracy, and he was at the Mount of Transfiguration. As the book closes, the chosen people are still at the foot of Mount Sinai and will not begin to move until the book of Numbers, which begins on the first day of the second month of the second year that the Israelites came out of Egypt. When God gives a blessing to any person, a group, or a nation, it is given not for them to enjoy unto themselves, but that the blessing be passed to others. The purpose of the blessing to the Hebrews was so they would show the rest of the world the great wordiness of Jehovah. They were to be a messianic people. G. Campbell Morgan, a noted early 20th century expository, wrote, and I quote, The blessing of the Israelites was not the selection of a pet, but the establishment of a pattern. End quote. While the world seeks a given procedure or formula for success, God's plan is always tailored to the object of the plan and highly individualized. Chapter 5 of Exodus, Moses and Aaron go to Pharaoh. As an aside, one has to wonder on what basis Pharaoh would have consented for an audience to these guys, except it was part of God's plan. They simply asked for a brief holiday in the desert to worship God as he had commanded. Please take note of the important concept. The command to worship ultimately resulted in the exodus. The worship, while accomplished, was not an after effect of the exodus. The concept is identical to our generation project. Yes, we will worship upon completion of the project, but it is not worship because the project is complete, but rather the pointed purpose of the project in its inception. The hardening of hearts is really an important element critical success of the ultimate deliverance. The initial request for a brief holiday in the desert. Had Pharaoh considered this, the Israelites would have been bound to return. How long then would it have been before they had really made an exit? Pharaoh's heart had to be hardened. That's in Exodus 7, 3 and 4 and 9, verse 12, which raises some intense theological questions. However, Scripture also indicates that Pharaoh acted of his own free will and hardened his own heart. So who really did the cement job? In chapter 7, verse 8, the school, the shootout begins. 
Throw down your staff, and it will become a serpent. Pharaoh's response is to call his own occult magicians, who also produce a snake. But Aaron's snake swallows up their snake. Pharaoh doesn't get the hint. In fact, Pharaoh's team duplicates each of the three, except they use jugs of water from the Nile, not the Nile itself. While the extent of their power ended at this point, one should never underestimate the power of the black arts. Please see 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9. After four plagues, Pharaoh is starting to crack, and he says, okay, on company time, but everything is done here in Egypt. How easy would it have been to compromise and accepted if we can't go to the desert, at least we will still mostly correct and be, follow, and be worshiping the Lord. Let me suggest that in current environment, where the government is in fact curtailing religious practices and beliefs, there will be substantial pressure to compromise. But once compromised, the high ground will be very hard to reclaim. After eight plagues, okay, but men only. Then after nine plagues, okay, but herds and flocks stay. At this point, Moses' great response is in Exodus 10.26 and is really powerful and concludes, no hoof is to be left behind. After ten plagues, go and we'll pay your way. Thanks to the growth of Moses, he was not deterred from achieving the primary command of God to worship. The question is reasonably apparent. What does it take to deter us from worship? A note of irony. God visits on Pharaoh the death of the firstborn son, exactly the same as Pharaoh would have visited on the midwives of Israel to do the same to the Israelites. What goes around comes around. Some significant things happen in the desert. But for now, a people that had no hope find that God's arm is not shortened, for he is mighty to deliver. He will redeem that which is his. Let nothing impede your worship. Make it a good day.